they are the voices of the elements, they are the voices of the environments, they are the voices that depict uh, the voices of our land. That's where the histories of the sounds that Taungapuru create. Well, firstly, I'll start off with Matuahirini. Um, the one thing that I've that I'll always remember with Matuahirini is his humility uh, and the way that he would hold himself when he played the Taungapuru. Uh, of course, we all know him because of his wonderful songwriting and composition style, with a number of his waiata still being played all over the motu today. Um, but in the realm of Taungapuru, you know, he would. He would say, he will teach Taungapuro firstly to Tuhoi, being from Tuhoi. And then he'll teach Natangata Māori, like Māori people. And then he'll teach anybody that fell in love with the music. My songs stem from the teachings of the past and I am trying to, uh, to use songs to preserve many of those aspects well, the, um, many of the aspects of the teachings of the old days. Enga mana, enga reo, koutou kua ariari mai ki tēnei kaupapa, nau piki mai, nau kake mai. When talking about ngā oro o te tāiao, sounds of the environment, ngā karanga o ngā manu, the call of the birds, o taonga puoro, traditional Māori instruments, synonymous with this body of work is the late Dr. Hirini Melbourne. Tonight we begin our series about Māori music, its many forms and guises. We'll also feature archival recordings thanks to Nataunga Sound Archives. Over the next few weeks we'll explore Kapahaka, Waita Mōtiatia, but we start with Taunga Puro. Well, this particular uh, pūkaia here is uh, carved um, whalebone. Uh, the whalebone was gifted by the Kati Tama iwi down in Te Waiponamu, uh, Onetahua. Uh, they gifted uh, the bone for Brian Flintoff to carve the kōrero of Taonga Puoro into, into this pukaya. And it was one of the first um, Taonga gifted after we lost Hirini Melbourne. And so it's a, this is one of the anchor stones of this particular collection with its connection of Hirini to the university here and it's and the strong relationship that Ngati Tama or the Fano of Onetahua had with Taungapuro here in New Melbourne and Richard Richard Nans Bryant of uh Haumanu. This is a wonderful um, part of this uh Fano of instruments that continues to share the stories of Taungapuro. <laughs> Oh, 
Mona Horo is an accomplished Taungapuro practitioner and has travelled the world collaborating on a range of musical projects. He is a composer and a musician based in the Waikato region. His accomplishments as a musician is wide and varied, but perhaps his most important role to date is sharing what he has learned from the late Dr. Hidini Melbourne and Dr. Richard Nunns. He was open all the time. Anybody that wanted to know something about Taungapuro, he always had an open mind and he always um, shared. Uh, and that's one thing I will always remember with Matsuhirini is his humility and the, the way in which he was able to share the stories through the music. Um, through his kupu Māori, through his kupu Pākehā, through his, the Māori language, the English language, the way he would uh, transmit and translate the story, the sounds of these instruments, uh, is what really got me into it. With with Matua Richard, uh, on top of what I said about Matua Hirini, is that uh, Matua Richard really taught me uh, about respect and acknowledgement and how somebody from another culture can fall in love with a traditional art form and sacrifice his life in the revival of it. During the time that he started learning Tongapuro, it was the 70s and 80s, yeah. and at that time there was a whole heap of heat, uh, um, there's a whole heap of protests, uh, the rekindling, the revival of Tao Māori, the Māori language debate in 1972, you know, Bastion Point, 1978, the land marches all over, you know, and he went to the elders and sat with them, and he would be given challenges, and then he'd go away, and they wouldn't think he'd go back to them. He'd go back, whether it was the next day, the next week, the next month, in his humility and his red head and pink face, you know, he he had the perseverance. You know, and throughout his whole career of playing Tongapuro, got flack from both Maori, the Maori world, as well as the Pakeha world. The Maori world saying, "Why are you doing our instruments, your Pakeha?" And the Pakeha world saying, uh, "What do you want to learn uh, the Maori instruments for?" You know, and so he was able to uh, overcome both sides of the coin, and 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 through that you can see the love that he had for this art form. Is a tradition that passes through me that I that I am a vehicle, a vessel, a medium, if you like. And there are odd situations. Well, they're not odd, but there are situations sometimes when I'm 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 required to play, and I can almost step aside and look at at me working there with these. There are other times when I distinctly feel the presence of others standing behind me, and that is. Those are things I think many Māori will understand. Even though he's he's sick, you know, he still continues uh, to talk about Taungapuro. Um, when he can play Taungapuro, and um, his book Te Arapuro gives great um, commendation to um, his life's work with Taungapuro. And so with both Hirini, Hirini 
uh, and, and Richard. They're, they've been um, they're great pillars uh, in, in, in my journey alongside uh, Brian Flintoff, the carver. Um, I used to call them when I met them uh, Ebony and Ivory, <laughs> as you can clearly know, Hirani being the Hirani and Richard being Ebony and Ivory, and, and Richard uh, and Brian being sort of like the the third wing of the of my three musketeers. Nice. I taught myself how to play the first few years. I started playing Taungapuru, and when I got to meet them, um, I've been a pity power <laughs> to all three of them ever since. If they were your pillars in your life of carrying through this tradition, is there a resurgence happening that will ensure that Taonga Pūro, you know, lives on for the next Horomona, the next Dr Hirini? The great thing that this collection brings here at Waikato University is that it brings that potential. Um, the collection here is, is for people involved with the university wanting to learn about Taonga Pūro, um, now have um, access to a collection of instruments that holds these stories and that holds, that, that's another etching in the, in the legacy of Hirini Melbourne, the legacy of Richard Nunn's, the, the, the legacy of Taonga Puro. And there are more players coming through, which is wonderful. And a special thing for me is, is that there, I'm wanting there to be more um, Taonga Puro players that are wahine. And it's letting wahine out there know that the guardians, the custodians, the kaitiaki of Taonga Pūro are o atua wahine. The physical entity of the instruments are in the physical uh, embodiment of tangaroa, of tāne, of rongomatāne, of homie tikitiki. But that spiritual element, the balance that brings life to these instruments are our atua wahine. You know, it is those hine raukatauri. Hine te iwa iwa, hine moana, and it's letting them know that a rich part of the legacy of Taonga Pūro is actually through our ato wahine. And so I'm hoping, and I continue to always let wahine know, um, you physically, spiritually have the capabilities of playing Taonga Pūro. And not to listen to the, the general stereotype that women can't do this and women can't do that. Once again, it's uh, an opportunity to pay respect to our atua wahine as well. And that's one thing that learning about Taonga Pūro does from the very essence. People that are wanting to learn Taonga Pūro, you know, the, the, the collection is here. There are collections around the motu. There are people involved in Taonga Pūro that in today's technology you can just Google Taonga Pūro and you'll see um, certain players, practitioners and makers of the instruments. And all of us um, are always, we take on the philosophy that Hirini shared with us, that Richard shared with us, that these Pūro are for all people that are wanting to learn because, and for those that are moaning about Oh, it's, these are Māori instruments, they should be done by Māori only. 
Hirani used to say, the beautiful thing about anybody wanting to learn Taungapuro is, one, they're Taungapuro Māori. They're Māori instruments, so whoever plays them will learn that they are Māori instruments, they have a Māori genealogy, and the stories that come with them are Māori stories. And so in learning all of that, all the non-Māori that I play with, and there are a few non-Māori Taungapuro players, they're wonderful, they've found the acknowledgement and respect that the stories attached to the instruments have, and that that's the reason why they love to play it, and it connects them to their instruments, where they're from, whether it's Germany, whether it's Mother England, whether it's uh, uh, South America. You know, they find an understanding, and thanks to Tongapuro Māori, you know, they end up finding a, a little bit more about themselves, and that's where the true beauty that Hirini shared is with the instruments. say that Maori philosophy, Maori ideology has no re- relevance today. It's more, it's probably more relevant today than it ever was, for the obvious reasons that are before us now. Pollution, the need to conserve natural phenomena, natural surroundings. And we are just part of, of that process. We are not the master over nature. We are really a part of the whole thing. And I'm just a drop in the ocean. <laughs> we are leading more towards, I see the whole movement of Maori revival as a movement towards communalism and away from individualism, capitalism, uh, competitiveness. Um, it's a whole movement that surrounds people and and it's about people, people relating to the environment. Dr. Hirini Melbourne there from an episode of Hereringa Kōrero with Hinare Te Ua, recorded in 1980. Hura explains the various Tonga Puro. I'm with him at Whare Tāpiri Itzi, the University of Waikato Performing Arts Centre. Is there a Tonga Puro that resonates with you the most? I get that question a lot. And um, like anything, it depends on the kaupapa. If it's a tangihana, there's a certain instrument I like to play. If it's a wedding, there's a certain instrument I like to play. If it's um, So these different moods of taonga puro. When, when I'm creating a piece, as an example, um, whenever I'm composing a piece with, with another composer, I always ask for what is the storyline. And if it's a storyline of love... I show him or her, the composer I'm creating with, uh, these are the instruments that depict love. And then it sort of like starts the funnel effect. And then when they talk deeper, well, it's about a love that a man had for a woman. And so naturally I think of the Kowawo because of our histories of uh, Tamatea from Kahununu, from uh, Tutanekai, from Te Arawa. And I, I attached it to the stories that are about the Kowawo and love attached to it. You know, if it's about rebirth, I will automatically go to like the putatara because that was the instrument that would herald the birth of a new child. You know, and so um, that that's I try and use the foundations that our tupuna, that our ancestors had for the instruments and whenever connecting the instruments with them, um, I look back at the stories before I look at what tone the instruments sing. 
uh, when people ask, oh, I want an instrument that's an A minor going into a D. <laughs> I go, no, 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 I want to hear the story before going to tone and pitch and notation. So, hold on, Mona, was Taonga Puro the first, the genesis, if you like, of Māori music before Waiata, before the voice, before Motiatia, well, given that Taonga Puro is from nature? Well, one of the uh, foundation whakatoki that you will hear from our collective that we a collective of practitioners, players, musicians, educationalists of Tongapuru is um, a Fakatoki from a Tupuna, from an ancestor, Matsiaho Tiro Morehu. And his Fakatoki is Kayate Po Te Timatatanga o Te Wayatatanga Maya Teatua. Koteao, Koteao Marama, Koteao Tudua. And it translates to be it was in the night where the gods sang the world into existence from the world of light into the world of music. And so in that particular proverb, it speaks that the voices that these instruments sing go back to the beginning of time. And um, they are the voices of the elements. They are the voices of the environments. They are the voices that depict uh, the voices of our land, Ngā reo te whenua. Ngā reo te whenua. And so uh, that's where the histories of the sounds that Taungapuru create. Many people say, well, Māoris didn't get to New Zealand until 1,200 years ago, you know. But when you look at our whakapapa, when you look at our genealogies, our genealogies don't just go back to 1,200 years and it's, you know, we go back to the elements, to the energies. Our tūpuna, our ancestors are the forests, are the oceans. Uh, whether papatūnuku is papatūnuku if you're standing in New Zealand or if you're standing in America. It's still Papa Tuanuku. She hasn't got another name, you know. And so that's the, the depth that the stories of these instruments can take you to. My journey with Taungapuru. Um, uh, some people create music uh, for commercial reason, um, and um, whereas a lot of people can will be able to find out that in terms of the the, the Wilder series, mm. um, 
Waiora is the name came from uh, me and a, a guitarist or a, a good friend, Roger Cunningham, and um, we sat down and we, we talked about music, uh, our music that we're doing. He talked about him and his uh, mahi with the guitar, and I talked about Taungapuro, you know, and we started. Uh, creating music together, and it was a beautiful process that we did. We went up to Ngongotaha Maunga, mm. saw the rising of the sun, and started uh, the journey of Waiora. And we called um, the, our initial gathering Ori Ori Ngao. And uh, when, we, when we put that together, it was a CD that Roger and I created uh, in his studio. So it didn't have any label to it, didn't have any uh, uh, connection of a funding body or anything uh, and um, just this morning another group asked, has asked if they could use one of the tracks from Ori Ori Ngao which is, which is beautiful and, and to the kaupapa and Roger and I didn't really make anything from Ori Ori Ngao I, um, we did that purely for the love of the conversation that Taungapuro had with the guitar you know, mm. and uh, an instrument that Māori people have fallen in love with, uh, and 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 so um, when uh, people started asking for waiora, uh, Roger had a lot of work that he had to do, a lot of mahi that he had to do, and so I ended up meeting up with another uh, good mate of both Roger and I's, uh, uh, Josh Rogers yep. from Torere, and uh, we put together Te Puao Tango Te Ao, and um, once again it's. We we're doing it for the kaupapa that Waiora stands for, um, and the waiata that are in it gives people an understanding uh, and, a, and a relationship between Taungapuro and the guitar. And Waiora for me is not that it's horo monohoro and with a guitar, but it's Taungapuro playing music or interweaving conversation with another type of instrument. So Waiora, my next album could be Waiora and digital music, but it'll still be Waiora because it's the, it's the connection, it's the, the living entity, the living waters that it's creating in the realm of music. And um, Te Puautang o Tao is available on like iTunes and, cool. thing, and, and that, but the kaupapa itself, you know, I don't make a lot of money off it. I did the album myself. I did have help, wonderful help with Creative New Zealand. Uh, and... But um, in terms of numbers-wise, how many albums have been sold and things like that, that's not a big thing to me. Uh, my biggest thing is, is people can hear the connection between Taungapuro and other musics. And so, because um, I would, to be honest, um, I would rather spend the, the funding that's available to make an album of Taungapuro, I'd rather hold a, a wānanga on a marae where people can come in, have 20 people there, them makes themselves an instrument and walk away with a bit of knowledge about Taungapuro rather than just do a few pushes on your iPhone <laughs> or Samsung yeah. and, and buy the album and, and not listen to it. <laughs> they don't have an attachment. Yes. But to go to a wānanga, sit down, listen to the instruments, hear the stories, learn a bit, talk about the whakapapa, you know, that means a hell of a lot more to me than um, buying a CD on the shelf. Yeah.
In March this year, University of Waikato Associate Professor Martin Lodge commissioned carver Brian Flintoff to make a new collection of Taonga Puro. It symbolises the contribution by the late Dr Hidini Melbourne and the work ahead ensuring the revitalisation of Taonga Puro. Well, uh, in, in terms of this particular collection here at Waikato uh, University, you know, I must give a big acknowledgement to Ian Graham. Um, uh, he's the, um, the sponsor or the one that has um, gifted uh, the possibility or the opportunity to create this collection. Uh, Martin Lodge, Associate Professor Martin Lodge, who was instrumental in planting the seed to make this happen. In the future with this new collection here, there's a lot of opportunity that mm-hmm. Taungapura will continue to grow and grow well uh, in the University of Waikato through School of Māori and Pacific Development, through the Faculty of Arts and Social Sciences, through the School of Education, you know, at Waikato University. You know, uh, and Waikato University has been integral in the revival of Taungapuro, so I must acknowledge that. A number of traditional Taungapuro that Hirini Melbourne, Richard Nunns, Brian and many others uh, have researched over the years and revitalised back into our taringa, back into our marae, back into the, I suppose, the music realm of what we know today as modern music uh, and traditional music. And um, the collection uh, is the biggest that has been uh, gifted to a university, as far as I know. Uh, And uh, what this brings is prospective engagements of students of the university being able to play them, create new music with them, uh, people involved with the university to see and hear the stories, the genealogies, the connections of these Taungapuro to the whenua, to the land, uh, to the iwi, uh, the many uh, nations around New Zealand where the stories uh, come from. And it's a way where hopefully people can get an understanding on what our Taungapuro are, because pre-colonial times, a good 70 to 80% of these Taungapuro weren't used in entertainment form as we know it today. Uh, they had a purpose, they had a, a use, whether it was for rongoa as a healing tool, whether it was an instrument that endured uh, or enticed love, uh, all the way through to the heralding of uh, the Ahure heralding of ga- big massive gatherings right through to uh, the welcoming of our babies into this world you know and so each connected to each instrument there was a particular traditional use and purpose that these instruments had and uh, I suppose you could almost say I'm part of the second generation of players practitioners makers of Taungapuro and the journey that Hirini and Richard and all of them started, uh, for that not to be lost, um, the coming of this collection here at Waikato is just another thread in this kete matauranga um, that our tūpuna have laid the challenge for us to uh, fulfil in sharing the stories of our whenua, sharing the stories of our land uh, and the unique beauties that they have and possess. And so... Um, for me to do what I do, it's my whānau, my huarangatira and my tamariki. I sacrifice a lot of time away from them. And uh, as I said earlier, I don't make a lot of money with <laughs> Tangaporo. And so a lot of the, the, 
things that I get out of it, you know, is is more to do with the the continuation of of the life and and the the strength that Taungapuro has and the opportunities they have for our people. Tenei te mihi ki a koutou e rangonana ki tenei reo irirangi i ahu mai tenei i te tihi o pūtahi o taranaki o hekurangi i whakawhirenaki o kutupuna i ngā rohe o ngāpuhi ngāti parau me taranaki iwi ko horomono horo tōku ingoa tenei te mihi.